Hello, we're the Sticky Bun Boys. I'm David. And so am I. This week, we're recapping Free From Week, which was famously free from joy. Free from fun indeed. It was not a riveting watch, was it? Nope, but we're going to talk about it anyway, right after this. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So we didn't really enjoy this episode. Michael was hungover. I was hungover to all hell. And then I was like, don't cheer me up. A little episode of Bake Off. And then it didn't. No. It was... I got bored and I started... I've got very little writing on this because although I did watch it, I got bored and started doing things in the kitchen. I was like doing the washing up. I I ran a bath. I made some chips and grapes. When you're hungover, by the way, really good. We'll get to the episode and we'll talk about it in about five minutes, but this is going to be a chat about our lives. There's some really good chips I've been getting. These skinny fries are lovely. And I, Where are they from? Um, the Mercado. I love it. I chop an Mercado. Why did you pull a face like that? Because I don't know what they actually are, the brand. Oh, right. Um, and if they could support us. I think it's like Skinny Kitchen or something. Well, yeah, and Oricado could support us and do a sponsor. Oh, that would be nice. I like Ocado. We both shop at Ocado. And they get hackney gelato, which we've spoken yeah. about before. Anyway, um, chips and gravy. That's how you fix a hangover. Chips, gravy in bed. What kind of gravy? Is it like just the granules? Oh, Bisto. I, I was trying to be... Oh, Bisto, I was, I was spice doing, mix. That's like what Giuseppe used last week or the week before. I was doing the bake-off thing by just saying gravy granules. Gravy granules, sure. Yes, Is yes. Bisto in America? Because most people listening to this are in America. Are they? I don't know. Is Bisto... Oh, I was just saying, <laughs> shouting at you who listening to the podcast. <laughs> Is Bisto in America? Let us know. The, the ad goes like, ah, Bisto. Like yeah, that. it's just... A kind of a gloopy, perfect gravy. Yeah, if you leave it out too long, it might go hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got to eat it when it's warm. <laughs> I've heard that in Vauxhall before. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yes, this was this wasn't a great week. No, um, and actually, it's weird weird to do the free from week and not let Freya be in it when she's famously vegan. Yeah. And there's the quarterfinals. You want it to be like, often the quarterfinals or the semifinals are two of the best episodes. Yeah. Like build and get Some really would say actually week seven's the best episode. Actually. Yeah, some, probably just you and George. <laughs> and Lottie. Oh, and we were going to, Liz, we were going to get the list. Oh, we were, weren't we? Let's do that now. So we've just collated them. That took a lot longer than it should have done because surprisingly, there's no articles online of all the week seven liminees from Bake Off. No one's ever done this before. This is breaking news for everybody. And now after this, people are probably going to have articles everywhere. Everywhere. We're talking about yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah, famous conversation. Um, so series one only had six episodes. So there was no seven week liminee, oh. um, which is a shame. They've all missed out on that one. Is the winner technically a six week liminee of series well, one? Ed Kimber doesn't make it to the good group. Sorry. Great. Sure. Uh, Janet from season two. 
Janet. Janet left in, in week seven. No memory until no memory of Janet. She's not making to the cool club. Sure. If so, I don't remember them, they're not making so it. So we are going to end up watching Janet at some point. So we're going to hold on that thought. But currently it's a no. What about Ryan? No, again, no. don't remember him. Don't remember. Glenn? No, don't no, I do him. remember Glenn. I feel like really? he was a bit like a silver fox bear. <laughs> what about Kate? Oh, yes. Is that series five now? Yeah, curly hair. She started off the cool week seven group oh right okay i thought she started off having curly hair and i was like that came before kate <laughs> sure fine uh, then matt we love yes love with matt. one t um worth yes. following on instagram because he has very good art now and he's got very good very fun ads as well with his children he's very very tall and thin he's doing the london marathon, he's doing with, the marathon us. with us have we announced that we're doing the marathon we are now well, i think we already have said that we're doing the marathon we've definitely done it on our patreon oh maybe it's just an only fans thing but we are doing david and i are doing the marathon next year and michael is doing loads and loads of training right now okay i'm <laughs> i'm currently working in a pantomime so you can be quiet uh the next one is tom gilliford yes love tom Gilliford as well tom does brilliant cocktail time on instagram now oh, uh, very good follow on instagram but i liked him on it's it, worth on watching Bangkok. he's good fun uh val yes val val the cake whisperer and the dancer does she dance? She used to always do a thing where she would say like, oh, I can't stop moving. I've got to oh, keep on dancing. Oh, she had trainers on. She was doing yes. her exercise, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. She was the first person ever famously to listen to a cake. And then there's Jan. Oh, Jan, Jan lives just up the road, actually, by the way. Jan's really local. Does she? I met her for a coffee recently and she bought me sourdough. And Jan, a candle. Do you want me a candle? Jan makes like the list of not just week sevens. She makes it onto the coolest of all time bake-off yeah, people ever. Yeah, One of the best lesbians I've ever met. Then John. Oh, Hawaiian John. Hawaiian, Hawaiian No, he doesn't shirt. make it for me. Really? He's not on the same level as you and Yang. He was the one that I came to, because he was the year before us. And when I was eliminated, I was like, oh God, who went out that week? And it was John. And I was like, oh no, I respect John. So it's okay to have gone on week yeah, seven. Yeah, but he's not. You, when you've got you and Yan in the group. Oh, you flirt. Stop flirting with me. The next one was me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Queen of the group. Then Lottie. Yes. 100% Absolutely Lottie. iconic. Then George. Yes. From last week. And then Kevin. Kevin might have actually taken over at the top of the group. Kevin's certainly not a top, please. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. So week seven. Wait, well, that was last week. We're on to week eight, but we're still we talking still, about week we seven. We still managed to avoid talking about this week's episode. I'm going yeah. to push it off for a little bit longer because there were some funny jokes in it. And I'm going to give the episode the first compliment. Are you ready? Yes. Uh, the free from jokes that the presenters did all the way through were witty. Yeah. So like weird. free from comedy time calls, free from logic time calls, free from presenters time calls, free, free from, from the, the tent. tent. Yeah, yeah. Like there was some funny bits in that. And that's the only thing that I liked. Yeah. The one thing I didn't like about this one, not only was it the a one bit, thing. Well, the main thing, not only was it a bit of a dull episode, it was already off on the wrong foot where you've got... They, they were definitely just like making fun of it being free from like they, they yeah. had that theme of it being like oh it's not as good if it doesn't have cream or butter in it it's like come on be serious like free from things now have been around for a long time there's yeah. people who are very very brilliant bakers doing incredible things out there and yet paul can just make fun of it because he doesn't know how to and do it, it feels less it feels less funny when you're making fun of somebody who has an illness which means they can't eat something <laughs> Yeah, because actually, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. Because free from now, you can we can make a cake that's vegan. We made yeah. our amarettis that were vegan. Right? Oh no, we didn't. We used eggs, but you can we make can them make vegan. Fire, yeah. um, and it's no longer a thing. Like you don't just have it as like a poor alternative. No. There's so many things now that are really good, and so for them just to be like making fun of it, especially like you say, when people actually have allergies and things and have to have these things. Yeah, and then... the dairy-free bakes. I mean, if, if some people ate these, they'd be attached to that toilet. And you'd be in there with your hand on your hands and knees. It'd be awful. <laughs> you'd have your hand right up that U bend, yes. not a euphemism. Um, so signature. Oh, you're really leading this. I'll be quiet. Oh, signature. Oh, yeah, but I'm not very good at writing these things. Oh, I have written this one. Batch of eight identical ice cream sandwiches that are dairy free. Three hours. Nonsense. 
Is this, this is the first dairy, like dairy free, you don't go, hmm, ice cream. Exactly. You don't pick something and think, oh, I'll just do a dairy free version of this. No, do something like I would have, a custard tart could have been fun. Like coconut milks, oat milks, cashew milks, that kind of stuff would have been amazing. Oh, yeah. It just felt like they kind of like threw a like, pin at a board and went, oh, make that dairy free. Yeah. I also liked that Prue was like, okay, well, we're asking them to make a baked element because obviously this is Bake Off. Well, it doesn't stop you in other ones, does it? When you just make them do cooking, <laughs> Many have no bakes have no bakes in them. Yeah. Um, the bakers themselves tried really hard with these challenges, I thought. So Chigs or Chips made pistachio and cardamom biscuits with a mango, lime and coconut ice cream. That sounded lovely as a flavour concept. And mm-hmm. I think he actually succeeded the best out of most of them, to be fair. They looked perfect. They looked like they'd come out of a packet. They looked really good. Christelle, for some reason, changed her recipe last minute and made tahini and guess what? Miso. Miso frappuccino ice cream sandwiches. Sounds fine, I, I guess. I like the idea of them, yeah. I mean, they all sounded all right. Um, Giuseppe was making a tofu ice cream. This is what I liked. I liked the fact that they actually did... It wasn't them all just doing, okay, we're all using coconut milk. Mm. Like, they were using different things. Because, mm. yeah, Giuseppe used tofu, which silken tofu goes really smooth. Like, I... But could I've it got, freeze? Yeah. I've got a vegan cake in my book, and it uses it as, like, the buttercream icing. Right. And, yeah, it can freeze it. It tends to be more of a solid... It kind of goes more hard. I think he was worried that it was going to go too hard, to be fair. And he did get a comment from Prue saying it wasn't as creamy as she thought it would be, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, just, he had a very creamy hole recently, didn't he? Do you remember that creamy hole he had in his yeasted cakes? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, he had to candy his own oranges in the tent, which is a real pain. So when you're making anything with orange or anything candied peel in them, you have to make that yourself, which is really frustrating because candying peel takes so long. Yeah, well, some people then, some people... Are allowed to use it. It's one of those strange ones where they don't always stick with the same rules for that one. Yeah. But yeah, you, it's very unlikely you're going to get it soft. Like it's always going to be too chewy. Oh, okay. Good to know. Alice was struck by that curse in our year when we were doing a bake off. She had to candy her own peel and then they criticized her on the peel not being properly candied. And she was like, I had 10 minutes. Like there was no time yeah. to do it. And then everyone else in the tent that was also making hot cross buns all used candy. I peel used candy shots. Yeah. They, like, and I was right behind her. Yeah. And so she kind of turned around and she was like, What are you doing? And I was like, just using the ingredients I've got on my bench. <laughs> don't, don't mind me. <laughs> We're not going to talk about it. I still went home, so there we go. <laughs> Jürgen uh, seemed to struggle on this one because he seemed to make an error in every section. Like his, they said his ice cream in the end was really amazing. Like I loved because you know everyone's done that ice cream where you just get frozen bananas and you whiz them up, yeah, and it's like a fake. That's what he did, right? Ice cream. That's basically what he did. But then he, yeah, tried doing macarons and didn't have enough time. Even his display, plate but he was wasn't. Weird. He didn't have enough time. He said. During his practicing, he made macarons, but he just didn't put the shell on them. Like he didn't leave them out to rest during practice and they worked well. So he mm. did he did it anyway. And I'm like, that's not, that must have been a fluke, surely. Yeah, I don't know how that would have worked. I don't, I don't understand. And like it didn't, it was very strange because they slagged off everything he had done in the judging. Then they ate it and they were like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, then what's happening here? The judging also, maybe I was just in a bit of a piss when I watched this, but it felt like when I was watching it, the judging was wildly inconsistent. Yeah, I also think that with Paul, like talking to Lizzie and saying, like they were basically saying like the size, an ice cream sandwich is not small. No. The ice cream sandwiches that I've had before are be the same size two, as Lizzie's. You should be able to fit two hands around it, yes, in my view. exactly. It, has, it should be a two-hander. Um, so Lizzie's ones were based on like an Oreo, weren't they? They were kind of Oreo-based, yes. Oreo-inspired. Yeah. And she used 100% black cocoa. And she said it was like Jaguar Wee. Is Jaguar Wee black? I don't even know. But also, when she says 100% black cocoa, Cocoa is basically 100%. When you get that really dark stuff, it's actually been toasted to make it go really dark Oh, is that true? Well. Yeah. When I'm making a cake, a chocolate cake, it's meant to be an Oreo cake, to make it go kind of look black and white when you cut into it, I use black cocoa. 
Yeah. It doesn't really change the flavor that much, to be honest. No, and you can make it, if you've got normal cocoa, you can toast it in the oven to make it go oh, black. Who's got the time to be toasting their own cocoa? Just get on Amazon. Yeah, go on Amazon. Just Lizzie's help, help fund Jeff Bezos' next flight to space. <laughs> I felt bad for Lizzie because she was re-rolling her biscuit dough again and again. I was thinking, you're, gonna, you're not going to get a nice biscuit if you keep on doing that. Yeah. But because her strange rolling pin that didn't seem to work anyway mm. um, was a certain size. And then she was using massive biscuit cutters. She was using massive biscuit cutters. She did say right down the barrel of the camera, what's new? It's too big. <laughs> <laughs> and for you and your famously tight bum, that would have been what you might say. Yes, true. Every day, every morning. So basically this challenge was not very inspiring. I kind of, it was one of those weird things. It looked like Giuseppe was going to get a handshake because Paul was like leaning down. You know when he does that thing where he looks down for ages mm. and then suddenly looks up and gives a handshake. Yeah. And instead I had to remember that this was a rubbish challenge and all of them did very well. <laughs> And his ice cream wasn't very creamy. So I don't know where everyone was. They were all about the same. On to the technical. They had to make eight identical vegan sausage rolls in two hours. And they had to make a red onion chutney. Rough puff. Rough puff, yeah. With vegan block, I think it was. I don't know why they kept on calling it vegan block as if that's a thing. Well, is it because it's they can't use the brand name? Yeah, because it's just a... I would just call it a vegan spread, I guess. It's not, but it wasn't block. a spread, it was a butter. That was a difference because the spread is like a margarine. Yeah. But they had to grate it. So I think it a might have been a, a branded block. I don't I don't know what it was. I don't know. Kind of like a lard substitute, really, wasn't it, really? Yeah. This was actually a fairly good challenge, I thought. Fairly good, apart from the fact that it was nothing... The fact that it was vegan, they didn't have to do anything different to it yes. for it to be a vegan recipe. So it was just a sausage roll recipe, a rough puff sausage roll recipe. And a vegetarian sausage. Yeah. So they weren't really doing anything different. Again, very strange that this was the choice for the vegan bake. Yeah. A while ago, they did a vegan week on Bake Off, which was brilliant. And the actual challenges they had were really well structured and put together. And it was strange that having done that and seeing how big a success it was, that they chose this as their vegan challenge yeah. it felt almost like they were like oh what would be a good recipe to put on our website and they yes. went along those lines so this year the most recently past year it's the first year that the baker's recipes haven't gone on the website have you noticed this oh, have they not? they're no, not online this. anywhere a little bird told me it's because of the cost of kind of shooting them remaking them making sure they work for wider audiences all that kind of stuff have taken that cost away so i guess people obviously aren't really doing the recipes maybe not i don't know what the hits were like on their website but this felt like they were like, it'll be good for us to be able to put a vegan sausage roll on our website because all the technical challenges are always on that site anyway. Mm. I don't know. I just, I was a bit meh about the whole thing, to be honest. Christelle's, though, were quite funny because she decided that sausage rolls were square for some reason. And they were like, they look like steak bakes from Greg's. Yeah. And she really did not make her dough slack enough. It was very tight. Very tight dough. So it was never going to work. Uh, Jürgen threw all of his on the floor. Yeah, then just put them I back in the oven. that. People don't realise this, that we are dropping things on the floor and doing this all the time and the judges still have to eat them. Yeah. Like they must have quite strong stomachs. I remember when I was doing my snake cake when I had my snake when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, when you know when you're doing lots of fiddly bits of fondant and that was one of the ones where I was coming to the end of the time instead of finishing an hour early and I was basically just picking up these bits of fondant licking them and sticking them on the cake for every no, single piece. Were you? Yeah. And then the so judges ate it. I was normally do that at home but I was having to like carefully like use water. Because you know when you got a piping bag when you want to start using oh, I, water. I suck out the tip. Yeah, suck out <laughs> Suck, always, suck on the tip. Always suck on the tip. That's, but that's how, if it gets plugged, you just go, and it's gone. <laughs> yeah. It's no? Everyone does Is that it. what you do? Yeah, totally. You lick Everyone the tip. It. Yeah. Lick or suck? I, suck. I suck too. I do a suck. I had to do a, a demo. I actually, sometimes when I pipe little balls and then like, they get like a little teat. Yes. I often kind of like, I lick the tip, lick the, t the tit, the tip. 
I will lick the tip in between. Oh, we got an Alex laugh there. There you go. Uh, you can tell we're not in a studio. He's literally sat next to us quietly on a chair. <laughs> not so quietly the, just now. We not, he's normally on the floor, so we gave him a chair this week. I lick the tip to kind of stop the teat. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, a quick lick avoids the tip. I'm going to try that. I was doing a demo the other day for Christmas biscuits and I'd done so well because I'm really good at not sucking when I'm doing a demo. And then I sucked <laughs> my tip and someone commented. I was like, oh, yeah, well, don't eat that one. That's fine. <laughs> Whereas these judges do have to eat chicken, uh, not chickens, Jürgen's sausage rolls off the floor. They did have to. He'd, and what, those floors are minging. The best thing that he did was that he, he put them on the floor, then put them all back on the train, put them back in the oven and then like, as if he was asking for like a reshoot, then took them out of the oven again. Yes. And I was like, they're obviously going to use the first shot. Like, yeah. come on now. As Crystal might call it, the money shot. Jürgen also said that his dough needed to be firm, but pliable. And I think that's probably true. It does need to have a bit of give. A little bit of give. A little yeah. bit of give. Um, I also really enjoyed when they she'd, Lizzie had done all of, she'd done the whole sausage roll and starting on the chutney. And there, there was just like a shot of like the outside of the tent. And all you could hear was her going, more chopping because <laughs> that's all those onions it was constantly. a lot of, yeah because all of the filling was all finely chopped wasn't it oh how do you cut your onions not a euphemism so i don't understand the faffy thing people do i cut them in half mm -hmm. and then i just do you dribble a bit then when you said it like that yeah yeah and then i do some chops and then i just chop them that way just no, one way the next stop, way. stop the crying Oh, the crying. I was thinking, how am I going to describe how I chop Yeah, I wasn't really like, interested in the onion part. I thought <laughs> I it was kind of implied about the crying. I don't cry that much with onions. I don't do anything. Really? What do you do? Well, I've tried to do. Do you do like a face, things. a massive helmet and like gloves? And... So apparently, yeah, I get into a full hazmat suit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently what you should do is stick your tongue out. Yeah, not going to work. And that make, apparently that absorbs the fumes and it doesn't go into your eyes. Oh, that's what it's for. Or, what, that's what your tongue's for. That's the only thing. Well, no, I wondered why. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all you need to do. <laughs> that's why we have them. <sighs> <laughs> apparently also if you cut them underwater or if you have them like, fro like freezing cold in the fridge. Underwater makes sense. It's just I don't want wet onions. Because underwater, obviously, it can't spray out, can it? It's just going to go into the water. It can't spurt so much. No, I don't. I th apparently, if you put a spoon in your mouth, that can do it. But I think that's more distracting you because you have to think about the spoon in your mouth. Yeah. Okay. Next time. The thing is, I generally am not that sensitive to onions. Obviously, well, I think I can, there's some but... new ones at Waitrose which are like tear free onions. Oh dear, Waitrose. If I was on Bake Off, I'd ask for those onions. Snowflakes. <laughs> Snowflakes can't, don't want to cry anymore at their onions. I would definitely put that on my list. I'd be like, excuse me, food production company, I would like to have the no tier onions from Waitrose. <laughs> we are going to sadly have to talk about the episode again. Okay, sorry, so everyone. Judging, Christelle came bottom. Uh, apparently had a mouthful of nuts. Yeah. Jurgen's was too thick and untidy, and he came fourth. Poor thick. Uh, Lizzie was third. Giuseppe was second, and then Chigs was Chips. first. Chips came in first Chips place. Chips came in first. Well done, guys. Don't worry, guys. We've got one more challenge to go, and then we can get on to the actual good Ooh, stuff. It must have been worse for them, because they were actually doing all this the, in the oh, tent. The listeners are going to have to listen to us talk about this shit. Yeah, especially if they've just rewatched the episode. Christ, I'm so sorry So sorry if we made you rewatch that horrible episode. If you press that, you can do the little skippy thing now and go straight to the, the On Netflix, inbox. you can do like 1.5 times. Like You can watch it on like a bit quicker. Okay, do that. Yeah. The show's Too late now, I've already watched it. <laughs> Oh yeah, true. And you've already listened to most of this. <laughs> and the showstopper was the best bit. The first two challenges were really bad. But the showstopper was a gluten-free celebration cake with at least two tiers in four hours. I mean, what do you say it was the best challenge? Best of a bad lunch. It was a good challenge overall. Best of a bad lunch. <laughs> I love that Did phrase. I say lunch? <laughs> yeah. Best oh. of a bad lunch. Oh, I th when Alex gave me a face, I was like, oh, I just thought I was talking too quickly or something. <laughs> Wednesday. Wednesday is the best, best of, of a bad, bad lunch. <laughs> Thursdays was brilliant. Best of a bad bunch. It was a fair enough challenge. It's hard to make a good gluten-free cake. I would have used this for the signature. Yes. I would say gluten-free cake make a signature bake because they can do all different flavors, different decorations, all these kinds of things. For a showstopper, it's interesting because they have to do it on tiers, 
but otherwise it's boring. Yeah. The tiering was the only interesting bit and there was no danger that they were going to collapse because everyone did loads of thin layers and lots of thick layers of buttercream that was holding it up. Yeah, and I'm not being harsh to the bakers on this one, but they were quite uninspiring with the decorations. They were either doing things I'd already done before or just a bit boring, just some drips it was a bit and some mech, dri- wasn't it? Yeah. I, um, I would have done probably loads of jacond layers because they can be quite thin and they're almond, not flour. This is my thing with anything that's the free from. What I try to do, first of all, instead of trying to make a version of something that works really well with gluten and trying to do it gluten-free, I prefer to think of things, what are good bakes that are already gluten-free? Right. That are like uh, the best thing they can be without gluten. And that's what Giuseppe did, right? Yeah. Giuseppe went for a cake that wasn't gluten-free. To be fair, all week this week, Giuseppe was like, I'm going to go for something that's automatically this. Yeah. And, and that's not worked add- for him. Because also all the additives aren't very good for you anyway, so. No. <laughs> I've written down, I have like a structure on my notes and it says, thoughts during bake. And underneath I've written, boring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Chigs made a beautiful collar. Chocolate collar was very nice. Chocolate sponge. And I've written, and actually you've got a lot of things on Spotify. I think maybe I must have pressed the record when I was talking <laughs> and it's just written words because I don't think he did anything to do with Spotify. Do you know what I liked about this challenge was Lizzie talking about special education needs. D- yes. SCN. There was one good thing about the, the whole episode and that was that. It was really, really good. And also her cake was, it was really sad that she went on this one because again, she did a really good it cake. Was, it was celebrating neurodiversity and her, and her SEN and um, she, she had these little rice paper sales which had all the numbers to represent her dyslexia and the like a shag carpet of all these different colors it looked spectacular yeah. once and again stunning. prue saying i've not seen a cake like this before no one has seen a cake like it no. go on to pinterest prue it was a cake the year before that everyone was doing yeah like in yeah. fact i looked at that cake when i was looking for ideas when we were on bake off yeah so it's like once again prue just has no idea what the current trends but are that said Lizzie nailed it. Oh, that brilliant. was absolutely brilliant. I loved it. Really brilliant feedback she got from it as well. And people online were really moved by it and touched by it to see that kind of representation on the show was amazing. It had 25 eggs in it, which some would say is a lot of <laughs> eggs. Uh, that's a lot. How oh, many that eggs was a does a hen lay in a day? One. Is it just one? Yeah, just one a day. So it would take one hen nearly a month to lay enough eggs for Lizzie's cake. And it probably wasn't even a very nice cake. Uh, <laughs> yeah, our cake lapis cake was the same though. We had loads yeah. of eggs and they weren't nice cakes. They're, well, they were gross cakes, weren't they? And yeah. they famously sent me home so we hate them. Uh, Christelle made coconut and walnut and cardamom sponge with, and here's the kicker, a jaggery creme pat. Ooh, mm. bit of that, please. Very like nice. That. Like a rich sugar. Yeah, what I love about, about Christelle is she, she's able to play with stuff that she uses all the time at home, but bring them into a new environment. Like, I don't think I've heard of jaggery creme pat and jaggery buttercream, which she used a wee while ago as well. Yeah. So Chigs got star baker. Sorry, Chigs, you won something that was rubbish. And Lizzie went at home. Sorry, Lizzie, you were an absolute star. We love you. And oh, it's very sad. we adored her. And there is an iconic moment from the end of this episode where she was dabbing away her tears with a beauty blender. <laughs> yeah, That was a lovely moment. That was it. And yeah. I do use that image as a meme whenever I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> I send that to my friends. Yeah, really not a good episode. And it's a shame because this series actually has been really good up until now, I think. Like, all all seven episodes have been great. The eighth has been bad. I've actually not watched next week yet, so I don't know what happens. I know who goes home. Yes. Uh, Well, you did did remember. Oh, yes, sorry. It was was a controversy. (laughs) I was acting as if, like, it was like a surprise (laughs) and I'd been told the spoiler. Yes, next week was good. Just maybe, even if it's just for the controversy, it was good. What was interesting was this year I knew the finalists from early on. Mm. When I was watching it live, I knew the finalists from early on. And so when I was watching the rise of Jürgen, I was like, what? what's happened? Where does he like, go? Where, how does he go? Does he die? Like, what What? What? what happens? Ooh. And then you watch the episode and you're still like, 
How did that happen? Oh, really? I can't remember it being that controversial, to be honest. Wasn't it between Giuseppe and Jürgen? I think so, yeah. And everyone you was, famously hate Italian people. Everyone thought it was very... But the thing is, I didn't think it was that controversial at the time, but it had a lot of traction on Twitter, shall we say. Everything gets traction on Twitter. Right, on to the taste test. This one comes from Erin, who wants us to put in a good word for mushy peas on toast. I don't know whether it goes against her or whether it's for her, but Erin actually went to school with me. Isn't that fun? Well, let's see if you send her to jail then. Yes, let's see. Should Erin go to jail or is she on to a winner? Find out after this. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, it's us interrupting us to promote us. If you'd like to support us, you can join our Patreon. It's called our OnlyFans and you will get this. Oh, okay, I'll see you never then. Well, <laughs> you don't exist then. Well, like, goodbye forever. And a bit of this. Devin and Cornwall argue about where to put the cream. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of that. I don't want any part of me to be needed. Hey, what about this? This sounds like quite concerning. Do the police know about this? Well, there's it's statute of limitations. It's with me. It's with me. <laughs> yeah, we don't actually know what's being put in there. Hopefully it was all really good stuff and now you want to join us. How much does it cost, David? It costs about the same price as a cup of coffee each month. Just have one less coffee and have loads of extra content over at patreon.com forward stroke sticky bun boys. <laughs> Mushy peas on toast, what do we think? No. No? I come from the north where people have mushy peas with but chips be- all the time. You put beans on toast. 
What's yeah. the difference? Oh, no. Mushy peas. I, I don't like mushy peas very much. I always find it's one of those things where I just think it doesn't taste very nice. I'm going to have to add more salt. Then I get to the point where I've just like put it's too just, much salt you're on. You're just eating salt. And they're just too soggy and wet for toast for me. Oh, no. Do you know what? As long as toast is cold, I don't mind. <laughs> toast is cold and then a big thick layer of butter. Do you know what? A big... Oh, <gasps> butter and mushy peas. And then warm mushy peas. So the mushy peas would start melting the butter a little butter. bit. A salted yes. butter. Can you get on board with that? No. Okay, sure. Well, I Sorry, think Aaron's Aaron. on to a winner, and not just because we went to school together. It's because you went to school together. That's this not, is awful. No, I will eat this. Aaron, gonna, go um, to jail. You can go to jail, and Michael can have visitation rights to come and eat mushy peas with you. <laughs> okay, so the first message this week is from Jenna. To start, some compliments that Michael may or may not read aloud. Well, because you said that, I'm going to. So there. You guys make me laugh out loud, which is awesome when you have earbuds in and no one knows why you're laughing. I hope you enjoyed the poo stories last week. Second of all, <laughs> I adore how you support and advise people on how to come out. She's, I said that like that because she put capital C and capital O. Come Aww. out. Third, yes, I completely agree with, insert name, your season is the best season. Oh, that's I mean, that's everybody's name, isn't it? It's, well, it's, it's everybody's name. Yes, it's the correct, it's correct. My question is, do the judges cleanse their palate between each bake? The varied flavours and the presumed quick pace in between each bake seems they might still have one flavour lingering and then try another bake. So how can they properly judge a bake without cleansing the palate? Well, there's an easy answer for this. Paul and Pooh have no taste buds, so it doesn't matter. There you go. They Sorted. have no taste. There's actually a lot longer between the judging than people realise. Yeah, there is There is about... It takes about 10 to 15 minutes to judge each person, I would say. Yeah. And, and then it's a bit of a gap where they kind of reset and get all the cameras to the next person and all those kinds of things. And they actually don't eat a lot of whatever they've eaten. No. It's like a teaspoon amount if you're lucky, of each thing, really. They cut a big slice, then they cut that slice into little bits, and they take a little bit of that. And when Paul was eating the Indian milk sweets, he barely even he just looked at them and told yeah. you how it tasted. Yeah. So as far as I'm aware, they don't cleanse their palate, but there's a lot more time than I perhaps you might notice. Yeah. Um, and if you could both be any animal besides human, what would you be? That's a follow-up question. Oh, that's easy for me, because when I was really young, when I was like three years old, and people asked me what I wanted to be when I was older, I said monkey. I actually wanted to be a monkey. They're quite dirty. No, but they're cool. Monkeys are cool. I don't like seeing how I can see their anuses so much, like so vividly. Oh, that's one of the other nice things. Do and like... I would have the purple testicles, or the blue, the bright blue testicles. Oh, Christ. And a little red willy. What do you think I would be? Oh. If I was an animal, what would I? I think I'd like to be a cat, because it sounds like a lovely life. But what do you think I would be? Actually, no, you could be a cat, though, because you're like, you have like the crazy hour. Yeah. Where you're suddenly running around, but then also you're just like relaxing as well. I had to lie down. But I think you'd be something a bit more cautious. <laughs> Like one of those, you know, those animals that like hide in their burrows and they just come like and look a, out. And then some cat. I, I had a cat with anxiety once, so perhaps it's like a, an anxious cat. I think a crab, one of those crabs that's in a hole that comes what a crab? Sk skittering out and then runs back down the hole again. You leave my hole alone. I am not a crab. That's offensive. <laughs> oh, a badger. I'll take a badger because you're out at night time a lot. Aren't as well. they a rodent though? No, they're not a rodent, but they do all their stuff at night time. You go out at night time. I don't think I know enough animals. What would you be? Something filthy. A pig. <laughs> I quite like pigs They're very intelligent No but pigs are too clean they, They're you're, very, you're very, very they're... smart But you are dirty But pigs They shit in like one corner Don't they I would push it everywhere So I couldn't be a pig Famously you like Pushing <laughs> shit around Right <laughs> Next person was Cheryl Hello from across the pond Well hello back across the pond Quite a big pond Thought I would help explain the saying From Amanda That you discussed recently Oh this is good When you are constantly Picking a food You tend to gain weight Which would then Change your knicker size Ah so when there's like apple pickers oh. or pickers knickers, she it's said, because you're a pickers knickers. Yes, something about being the biggest pickers having need the biggest knickers. Yes, so picky foods. I used ah. to get called the hungry caterpillar when I was younger because I don't eat. 
like meals I graze throughout the day and I'm gonna and I'll have a bit of that and a bit of that and a bit of that and so I think I may be a picker I don't pick as Nickers though anyway <laughs> love the podcast and the banter there we go she said that as well so I got a compliment there Aww, thanks Megan says much, who has the best hair this season the best hair this season is clearly Chigs is the answer oh Chigs oh see I was thinking of Giuseppe he's got like a poker straight line down the side which never moves that's true he's got a very slick skin fade yeah um, but Lizzie I love Lizzie's I love Lizzie's buns of colourness Christelle when she's got her like wave yes. going yeah she's like a full on hair advert kind of person I like how you just and, your hair like, your head like you're in a L'Oreal advert and Ju- I love Giuseppe I love Giuseppe when he puts his little hairband in that's very at the nice the start of a yeah, challenge that's lovely so there's quite a few good ones well, there you go then Angela it seems like chocolate flavour combinations might be heavily influenced by culture here in the us we have a lot of mint and chocolate and in the uk you do have a lot more chocolate orange i hear there is an actual chocolate orange that you all love that's true actually yeah, yeah terry's i always have one at the bottom of my stocking sometimes they're really hard to open you may not just tap them oh i slam it on the surface yeah i like to have white milk and dark at christmas time oh, i only like the milk one i once did it and i was like smashing it on the table then i realized i was like making dents in the wood on the table oh. they, they can be quite tough it's a shame they don't have them in america though i thought they'd love that kind of shit yeah um my question is what is the best flavor combinations for chocolate you can choose two each but no cardamom for you michael and no prunes for you david <laughs> cruel angela i would say i like chili and chocolate oh no for me that's jail and then salt and chocolate salt and chocolate yes I would, I like everything nutty. So I would say like really thin almond nuts. Um, and then I would go mint and chocolate. Why did you say mint and chocolate's more American? We have mint and chocolate. We have it, but we don't eat it all the time. There's a really good lint dark mint chocolate. After eights. Yes, exactly. They're very nice. Is that there in America? It's like basically like a thin fondant icing, mint icing encased in dark chocolate. It's so thin. If you don't have them and you love mint and chocolate in America, get after eight mints. We've got one final one for this episode. This is from Anon. They say, please keep me anonymous. My pronouns are your majesty or they, them, if you're nasty. We'll be nasty. <laughs> hey, gays. Love the podcast. You're both iconic, etc., etc. I know you're going to skip over this part anyway, Michael. So why put in the effort? Well, just to prove you wrong. Little did you know that this is a really boring episode. So we have to keep everything in. Every, we've not cut anything out of this episode apart from when David didn't understand my joke. Uh, firstly, the idea of the House of Polly you mentioned has me worried somebody is going to steal my drag name before she even makes it out of the closet. So I want to take this opportunity to officially solidify my claim to polypeptide. Yeah, I'm, I'm a scientist. I forgive me. That's very That's good. That's really good. They've put the trademark. Like you can't trademark it now no. because polypeptide's been used. Um, on the we best came up with some more recently. A drag duo called Botox and Facelift. Love good. it. Botox Love and Facelift, uh, and also Ermagerd. Um, I R M A, finger space, capital letter G E U R D. Irma Gerd. <laughs> finger space. I forgot we used to do finger spaces finger spaces. in school. I don't really know how to integrate myself into my local queer community. I've only recently come out as my beautiful non-binary self, and anxiety makes the idea of walking into a bar on my own and trying to fit in very difficult. Do either of you have any advice on how to find my queer tribe, or even just another queen to guide me as I grow into the fully realised kooky drag egg that currently exists? only in my mind this is a really good question i think actually because i sometimes have issues where it depends on what yeah, kind know. of personality you are <laughs> we've all heard <laughs> i have issues but i have issues with like the tribal thing of queerness because i'm one of those people that likes to just be friends with people based on their personality and just things you click with rather than being like okay we share these values or we share these likes and dislikes but i get why people like to do that and trying to find a tribe can be difficult one thing i'd say especially with drag you know a lot more than me but that can be almost impossible depending on where you live. So if this is really important enough for you, for example, London 
is alive with every queer tribe you can find. Like it might be one of those things where you do have to move and think about where you're living if you want to have that great community. Because I love living in London for the queerness. The queer tribe thing, like I hear what you're saying, like it can be quite damaging in a sense to be like, you're all the same because you share this one thing about you. But I also think there's a really great thing in like being able to talk openly about sex and dating and just the quirks that come around being gay. It's nice to be around people who understand those quirks without you having to kind of explain them to straight people. <laughs> I didn't realise when we started doing this podcast um, and I was talking to some of my friends and explaining the soggy bottom name when we first came up with it and they didn't know what topping and bottoming was yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is like the most basic fundamentals. It's been an education for all of our listeners. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, I think so it's, it's really important to have them and to have those friends to kind of help you get there. I think especially with drag. I mean, there's lots at the moment, lots of people who do drag who just look on the internet and find it all from YouTube and all those kinds of bits and bobs. And you can definitely do that and experiment and play on your own. But I think having a drag mother or a drag house is really helpful yeah. um, to kind of gross i would say look at where you're living there will be queer people there but whether you want them to be the people if that makes sense yeah and i know i've read a lot of books biographies uh, of trans people mm. and like describing that thing of where they to leave the house like how they feel and how anxious they can be i can't imagine that and so being somewhere where there's more people of your tribe around as a general rule in the uk now being a gay man isn't as unacceptable as it used to be you're not going to get you're generally not going to get insults held you still can mm -hmm. but not as much whereas other types of queerness like it can be quite horrible mm -hmm. uh, in public and so yeah being around more people who are in the same kind of group as you would be really helpful like it's interesting because i never actually really went to gay bars and onto the scene or anything like that until it was just after Bake Off, actually, and I made a friend who was on uh, Blue Hydrangea, who was on Drag Race. And the only way I could see her was to go on nights where she was performing at drag shows. And I spoke to her and her partner, Johnson, about being anxious about going to these places. And they helped me to kind of enter those spaces. So it might be even just connecting with one queer person or queer friend who's happy to help you negotiate those spaces. And that'll help you kind of meet drag performers and also just your queer tribe there as well the scene is great for that kind of stuff and you'll find it very easy to tap into a friendship group if you have just like one in there i do think it's very important from support and safety as well as all the other things yeah to, to have friends and, and there's a ps from their majesty who says send thoughts and prayers that i'll have better luck making it all the way through the bake-off audition process this year i would love to get roasted by you oh my for my over ambition and inability to string a spoken sentence together without some kind of obscure pop culture reference welcome welcome that's basically what this recording this podcast has been like all I mean, day if they can't string a sentence together i'm not sure they're going to get on to bake-off <laughs> oh we famously did and we've been finding this episode very hard to talk about well good luck your majesty well, that's your lot, folks. Thanks for listening. Now, please, 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 please keep sending in your questions and stories. We love them. We really do. I'm begging. I'm on my knees. Where you feel most at home, David, famously. But yes, please do send in your stories over to stickybunboys at gmail.com or drop us a line over on our socials at stickybunboys. As always, there's more from us on our OnlyFans, where you can now subscribe for a whole year at a time and you actually get it slightly discounted. You lucky things. It's a great way to help us keep the podcast running and also you get loads of extra content. Right. That is enough admin. We will see you next week for the semis. Ooh, a sticky semi. We love a sticky semi. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Bun Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. <laughs> We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? <laughs>
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 